Good morning and happy Wednesday to you. Today is January 18th, 2023, and my name is Sean Tierney, and I want to thank you for spending a part of your morning with me to look at all the uh, automation news and what's happening today on the morning show. And with that, let's go ahead and jump right in. And the first thing we'll cover today is something that surprised me, but I, I think it's pretty good for the industry, is Emerson announced that they want to acquire National Instruments, the people behind LabVIEW and other products. And um, I thought this was very interesting. And the stock has gone up to $53 per share last time I looked at it, which means that people feel this is going to go through. So um, very interesting. I think it'll be good for National Instruments to have a big company behind them and uh, good for Emerson to have that business. So very interesting stuff. I bet you there's other vendors out there that are going, oh, we should have done this. But in any case, it was kind of surprising to me when I saw it, but it's probably a good thing for our industry. Next up is uh, some Omron relays. Now we covered the new brochure about their slimline yesterday. And these, this article specifically is talking about their high speed relays in this line. And some of these relays have a two, a point two. let me correct that, a point two millisecond on time and a 0.4 millisecond off time. So that's really fast, right? A lot of uh, standard PLCIO cards, you know, digital 24 volt DC cards aren't that fast. So those are fast relays. So I did want to share that with you. And there's a lot of information about these relays up here on the site. So um, check it out if you're interested in this line. And with that, we'll go to our next story. And this is uh, something similar to what Turk had announced uh, several days back. We covered their QuickShip uh, brochure. And uh, this is Festo actually introducing what they call their Pneumatic Essentials, a program for easy order, fast ship products. And um, I thought that was pretty cool. And there's a website here, if you click on Essentials, that kind of shows you the products that they're talking about. So their goal is to keep these products affordable, and make them readily available. So we all know all the supply chain issues that we've had over the last couple of years. Well, a lot of vendors now are saying, hey, if you're designing a system, these are the products that are you know, in stock, ready to ship. You know, We got high volume production on these and uh, we're good to go. So I thought that was really interesting and uh, helpful if you're doing any type of uh, pneumatic uh, type of uh, installations. And um, there's actually a full brochure here that, um, well, let's see. I can't click on it. <laughs> Here it is. Okay, so the brochure is pretty good too. It kind of goes through everything you would need to know about these devices, the comparison charts and all kinds of stuff. Um, so I did want to share that with you. If you're using pneumatics like Festo or SMC, um, this could be a helpful document to have on your hard drive. With that, let's go over to the latest Opto blog from Opto22. And uh, this blog is about one of their uh, premier integrators. And um, typically I wouldn't cover this, but I was really impressed with this integrator, Convergence Controls and Engineering, their mission statement. So it's kind of like four different uh, uh, points in their mission statement, which I thought are awesome. I think we can all agree on these. One was use us less. So they want to have well-designed systems, well-documented systems in and they want to train the end users so that they don't have to call them every time they need to make a change. I like that. And then no laptop policy for troubleshooting. So building all the intelligence into the system so you can troubleshoot maybe right from the HMI or from an app or from a web page. Another one here is 
open programming with off-the-shelf products. Now, I think this is important because we all know of that OEM or that integrator who's had their code stolen, so now they password it, and that makes it difficult for the end user to try to maintain it. Well, what they're saying here is you can maintain our code. If we come in and do a project, um, we're not going to lock it down and keep you from accessing it. You will be able to access it. And they're not going to use any hard-to-find products either, so that's good. And then operation-focused, but capital expenses conscious. So I thought that was good too, and that's kind of self-explanatory. So if you want to see this, the link, of course, is over at automate.news with all the links. And I just thought that was interesting. I think those are four good points that any veteran in this industry could agree with. So now let's go ahead and go to our next story. Now, this one is from the good folks over at SME. And um, at first, I wasn't going to share this story. But as I got more and more into it, I realized that there was some really good information in here. Right. So a lot of times, you know, people talk about the future, pie in the sky, everything's going to change and be beautiful. You know, lions and lambs are going to lay down with each other. You know? But um, but um, in this and, and I kind of felt like they started off that way, but then they started getting into, you know, with not with lion and lambs, but with, you know, AI is going to solve everything and everything's going to be 3D and all that. But um, really what it comes down to is if you think of AI in the, in the context of like what Tesla does with their self-driving cars, Really what you're doing is you're sending it a lot of images and it learns, you send it, these are the images that are correct and these are the images that are incorrect. And by sending all those images to the computer, it learns over time what is good and what's bad. And um, what they're talking about, and that's what they're really talking about when they're talking about AI, it's like being able to teach a device, hey, this is the good part. And so when you see a deviation, without having to set up a bunch of, you know, uh, windows and, and measurements and objects on a on an old CRT screen like we used to do with old vision, um, it'll learn, it'll learn what's good and what's bad, right? Because you're teaching it, right? And we've had teachable products in industrial automation for a long time. But um, they go on from that, they even go on for that and they talk about new products, especially one from um, Nikon, the camera company. And I thought this was very interesting because this is a laser radar uh, measurement device, okay? So I thought this was very interesting. You know, Nikon is a you know very famous camera company, but the read through this and how their device is so much quicker and faster and more accurate than legacy devices, I thought that was very interesting. And then there's even a third uh, part of this article where they're talking about uh, additional products. So um, I won't go through all of it, but in any case, if any of that kind of piques your interest, uh, of course the link to this story will be over at automate.news. All right, so for the next article here, this is from the good folks over at AMT. And whoops, let me go up here, you can see AMT. And um, this is about a company's story about reshoring from Taiwan to, to Elmira, New York. And I used to know the people covering up Elmira up there for, uh, for one of the major automation vendors. So this piqued my interest, and as I started reading through this, you know, it really makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm a big proponent, you guys have probably heard me say this, of manufacturing things locally. So if you're in North America, make it in North America. If you're in South America, make it in South America. If you're in Europe, make it in Europe. And, um, you know, we don't want to be at the, um, you know, mercy of a tanker ship getting stuck in the Suez Canal or sinking or being boarded by pirates, right? So, um, and plus we want people, people to have good jobs everywhere, not just in one place. So in any case, this is a very interesting article. If you're interested in learning about uh, what they did and why they did it, I definitely recommend uh, checking out this article up there. 
Next, we have a new blog from Global American, and this is about edge computing and how it, you know, why some people are choosing it over, um, you know, cloud-based solutions, right? And so, especially where security is a prime concern, edge computing can definitely be a solution to, you know, even if it's just pre-processing the data, you know, before it goes places. So, you know, we all know, like in our SCADA systems, right, we typically have gobs and gobs and gobs of data, you know, millions and millions and millions of data points, right? You don't want to send that all to the cloud. That would really, that would really not only clog up your hose up to the internet, but also most of that data you don't need to send up there. You know, companies like OSI Pi, they, they have a name for, you know, getting rid of all the data that's redundant, right? That's how they've made a name and having very fast uh, reporting and uh, data recall uh, capabilities. And so um, that's kind of where I think edge computing really shines. And so in this blog from Global, Global American, of course, they make uh, hard to find um, both small computers and uh, legacy computers. So, um, and they can do custom stuff for you too. So they have a bunch of vendors they source with. They do all the assembly here in America. A lot of the stuff is sourced from overseas because some parts only can be made overseas or found overseas, being made overseas today. But uh, in any case, I thought it was a very interesting, they didn't go too deep into the edge size, but they do do like cloud versus edge very well in this article. So I wanted to uh, point that out to you. And now we have some events here. So um, I just wanted to share these with you. So this one is the Onshore Wellsite Automation 2023 event. This is uh, over in, okay, got it. Let's close some of these uh, pop-ups here. And uh, there's a lot of big names out there. And, um, you know, I just wanted to share this with you. This is January 31st of February 1st, and this is in live in Houston and online. So that's uh, an event you may consider checking out. And let's go to our next event here. This is a ProfiNet one-day training class in Los Angeles. So if you're using Siemens or using other vendors that use ProfiNet and you wanted to get up to speed on it, this is uh, at the Long Beach Marriott, and you can see the agenda here. And, um, you know, I got the link in there so you can go in and check it out and see. It is free, but I'm sure it's very limited space. This looks like a bigger one of their events. But um, also here you'll get uh, five and a half professional development hours like we issue over at the Automation School. So um, that's really cool. So I wanted to share that with you. I'm nowhere near California, so I won't be attending. But uh, I did want to share it for our West Coast viewers. Next up is another Emerson event. It looks like they're holding these all over the country. And uh, this one's in Bakersfield, California. So I guess, you know, if you're not, uh, you know, out there in Bakersfield, then uh, this wouldn't be an interest to you. It's, uh, it's also on uh, February 1st. But uh, I guess my, the bigger thing to say is if you use Emerson products, right, you may want to find out when your tech expo is coming to your area. Because, you know, we saw one in, I think it was Minneapolis early in the week. Now there's one in Bakersfield. So um, these are just showing up randomly for me on uh, social media. So um, if you want to go to one of these tech expos, they, they look pretty cool. Um, so if you want to go to one of these tech expos, uh, you may want to contact your local Emerson uh, rep or dealer and uh, ask them when it's coming to your neck of the woods. So with that, I want to go into Engage from Rockwell. So as part of my uh, 2023 uh, uh, plan to do a morning show and review all the news sites, um, one of the things I've also been doing is looking at several of the major vendors' uh, forums every day. 
And uh, one of them is Rockwell's. Now, I used to, um, you know, find that the Rockwell form, it was a little odd in years past. I didn't, you know, the vibe there was kind of weird. There was, you know, I can't, ex- I really can't explain it. But um, in any case, I've really been impressed with this new forum. First of all, I've seen a lot of Rockwell people up here answering, like Philip here, answering questions. Okay. So they actually go and do the research, you know, then like Philip just doesn't do one product line. You know, he really actually goes, digs up the answers and try to answer customer questions, which really impressed me because that's the kind of customer service you want. You know, if you're stumbling around, you can't find anybody to give you an answer and you post it on a company forum, you're hoping that somebody from that company will be able to point you in the right direction. And Philip's been doing a great job at that. I've seen most of the replies I've seen that, that were the correct answer were his. And uh, so kudos to him. Also kudos to Eileen, who's in charge of the space. She reached out to me yesterday. We had a chat over email or messaging on there for him. So um, just really impressed. If you kind of given up because you didn't like the look of the old one or didn't like the vibe of the old one, check out Rockwell's new Engaged. And I just want to say hi to Eileen. Thanks for reaching out to me and uh, checking with me. It was really, really nice to converse with you. I, I actually put out to Eileen to see if she wanted to come on the Automation Podcast to kind of fill us in on what's new and exciting up here at the Engage Forum. I mean, there's a lot of companies that have great forums. Um, Siemens has a great forum. I check that every day and so many more vendors have great forums. But this is just, uh, this was a change for me and I'm really happy to see the direction that go on here. So I just wanted to point that out. And with that, uh, we'll move on to our spotlight. Today I'm spotlighting my Logix Book of Knowledge. So um, it's available on Amazon Kindle, but uh, there's problems with me proofreading it there because they won't let me download the latest version. Um, but if you're a diehard Kindle person, you can grab it up there. But it's also available right here on the automationblog.com for $9.99 as a PDF. So um, when you buy it, you'll get a lifetime copy. So what I do is uh, when I release a new edition, I replace the old edition with the new edition. So you, will, whenever you go up there, you'll be downloading the latest and greatest edition. And of course, you can keep the old editions on your hard drive. Um, and with that said, what I did is before I published this a few months back, I took all the articles I did on Control Logics, I updated them all, and then released them in this book. And now my plan is to go through them all again and update them again and put them all back in the book again. So if you buy it today, you will get that future update whenever that is. Now, um, the book is over 200 pages, and again, it has so many how-tos and and. Um, you know, uh, I guess next time I'll, I'll bring up the, the table of contents, but it really just has so much information in it. As a matter of fact, I may have put it down here. Yes. Yeah, so you can see here's the table of contents here. You can see everything that I have in there today. Okay. Every single article. I even have uh, in the appendix all the different versions. You know, I typically will do an article about each version, you know, the highlights of what's new and interesting. And so you see these there and um, I highlight some information about my course in there as well and so on. So, um, yeah, you know, check it out. And if you want to support, if you enjoy what I'm doing at the, you know, if you appreciate what I'm doing at the automation blog, you enjoy watching the show, you know, you want to support, that's one way you can do it. It's a one-time purchase, lifetime copy, $9.99. And then of course, I always like to highlight automation.locals.com. We had somebody come up, uh, yesterday and ask a question about the, uh, slick 100, slick 150 software. Um, I have a zip file that I give to members that has, again, these were freeware. So, um, you know, I give it out to members and um, the Slick 150 from Icom requires an activation, but the one from Rockwell does not. So um, he was asking, hey, it's asking for an activation. So I was able to tell him, hey, go use the Rockwell one. Now I do not have, I do have plenty of Slick 100s here. It was the first PLC I ever programmed, 
but um, I don't have the PCC cable and I don't have a DOS box set up here. So I'm, I, I, I'm very honest with people. I do not support the Slick 100-150 if you join. If you have a PLC5, Slick 500, Control Logics, Compact Logics, Panel View Plus questions, Apps of Panel, panel Build 32 questions, View SE questions, View 32. Yeah, I answer all those questions. I'm really up to speed. Even some S7 questions because I now teach a course on it, Micro 800 questions. But Slick 100 is something I don't have set up, so I can't help you with those. But in any case, uh, you can uh, post your questions in here like that person did. You can see it right here. Um, of course, I post every single update up here. You can also, as a member, message me directly here too. So with that, I want to go to birthdays. So if today is your birthday, I want to wish you a very happy birthday. And if you're connected with me on LinkedIn and have your birthday in your uh, profile, you'll show up on this list. And so let's go through and wish all these people a happy birthday. Happy birthday to Ken. Henry, Nihar, Michael, Muhammad, Douglas, Dan, Daniel, and Mickey. I hope you all have an awesome birthday today. And thank you for being a connection. I connect with anybody in industrial automation. So if you're in industrial automation, please feel free to connect with me. And with that, uh, just one more reminder. If there's something that uh, you see that's new and you want to let me know so I can include it on the show, you can use the news tip link here. And I know I know the website still looks really, really simple. It's um, it's always going to be simple, right? The automation blog is kind of the fancy website. But uh, I do have some plans to make this a little snazzier and uh, with a nice automate.news logo and whatnot. But uh, for the time being, this is this is my design, right? So um, in any case, you got links to the automation school, to the automation blog, submit a news tip. You can get in contact with me here. But if you have a technical question, please do it over at Locals. And uh, you get the uh, the link to the show at theautomationblog.com. And that includes the text edition that I do. So every morning after the show, as it's rendering, I go up there and I put together a text article for those who can't watch a video. And I try to include some pictures as well. And um, I also include um, a uh, ad-free version of the show in video and audio. So I just wanted to throw that out to you. And with that, that is the end of today's episode of The Morning Show. I hope you enjoyed it. Love to get your feedback on whether you find this helpful, interesting, or enjoyable. And uh, with that, I just want to wish you all a very safe, happy, and healthy week. And until next time, my friends, peace. <laughs>